Ashes to Bashes and some ODI Cricket too. This is Cricket, only better. Welcome back to Cricket Only Better, episode 120. I'm Ed Hawkins. 2022 has started with a bang, with upsets galore. What's the biggest? Bangladesh beating New Zealand, South Africa knocking over India, or England managing a draw? Sam Collins. You're a cruel man, Edward Hawkins. Um, You know England will take anything they get at this point. The tour from hell is almost done. Hasib Hamid is crawling to the plane home and we've got the fifth test preview right here we'll tell you what is going to happen um up first to tell us what's going to happen is paul krishnamurti of betting.betfair hello paul hi sam how are you i'm good paul i'm good um richard mann of sportinglife.com you're back again as well tears of pride staining his face after that scg inverted commas comeback Hi, Sam. We've got them where we want them now, haven't we? <laughs> we we absolutely have, Richard, man. Um, great news is Paul and Richard are winning you money, whopping profits in 2021. Don't miss their best bets for the week at the end of this show. And a packed show it is. A varied show, Edward Hawkins. What have we got on? Yes, fifth test, as you say, which starts Friday from Hobart. We're looking ahead to the South Africa versus India ODI series. Could be an absolute belter. And we're marking your card for, remember this one, the Big Bash as the tournament hots hots up. Excuse my croaky voice. How could I forget the Big Bash? And as it's a new year, Tasneem Samarkhan has been busy finding the players to take the betting markets by storm. So let's get on with the show. That Ashes test of all of our patience is still to come, but let's have a look at the big bish, shall we? Yes, it is still going straight over to Hawkins for stat of the week. Double stat of the week coming your way now. There's a big bash toss bar, so 60% for the side batting first, and we'll thank at Trader12 on Twitter for that one. We said post T20 World Cup for this tournament, we wouldn't have to worry about a toss bias. We were wrong. Second stats of the week. Sydney Thunder are topping the charts for boundary percentages with bat and ball. I think they're going to win it. OK, I feel like an outright coming on. Bet for exchange prices coming up. 2.72 Perth, 3.5 the Thunder, 5.9 Sixers, 10.5 Hurricanes, 13.5 Stars. Renegades are 70 and Strikers and Heat Three figures. By the way, every single game is previewed on betting.betfair. Um, Richard Mann, it's been a bit of a farce, this. Um, how do we bet going forward? Yeah, farce indeed. Um, looking at the outrights, the, the Melbourne Stars have been really screwed over by the COVID rules. Um, they've been badly treated, but they're not completely out of it. And I think if I was going to throw a few quid at anyone, it'd probably be them at 13.5. I think players to follow sort of three that are on the radar. Ed's mentioned Sydney Thunder. Alex Hills had a really poor start to the tournament, but he's flying again. 26, 63 and 18 are out in his last three knocks. I'd definitely be sticking with him in the man of the match markets. Similarly, Joe Clark, he's been in terrific touch. And uh, Matt Renshaw from Adelaide Strikers, uh, he's out with COVID at the moment, but when he comes back, he's been really consistent. Um, so they'd be three batsmen to look out for. Okay. Any strategies from you, here, Paul Krishnamurti. Do I recall the message on our 
WhatsApp group that you now are not such a fan of this tournament? You, you, you are correct, but this is the most brilliant timing to do this show tonight because literally yesterday when previewing the Star Strikers bet, sent my copy in and I just said, if this Sixes bet loses, I give up. I will never win on this tournament ever. So, hey, presto, three winners out of three, maximum bet on the sixes, Joe Clark, man of the match, Cheryl, the top bowler, two-thirds of the tournament losses wiped out, so I'm absolutely raring to go now, back in the game. Um, I agree with Ed about Thunder. They're the team probably to beat, but that is it there in the odds, to be fair, at five to two. Um, they're the one team I've been getting right sometimes in running with big overs totals because, you know, they've got that... T20 pedigree that we've talked about before where they bat so deep they can just keep on attacking from the outset. You know, you saw Sam's come in the other day and hit with it 94, um, you know, an all-rounder. You've even got people like Chris Green, Nathan McAndrew coming way down who can who can bat. And as uh, Rich says, Hales has now found some form. So I, I totally endorse that strategy of backing him for man of the match. Um to me, the interesting thing is the race for fifth, because I think we can probably bank the top four in the playoffs. See, I personally think stars are way too short at 13.5, given what they'll have to do, because you know, if you even if you come fifth, you're gonna have to win four games to win it. Um and I listen, I, I mean I'm not tipping them because they've been absolutely crucified by COVID, but I would just say if Brisbane Heat can stay in in contention for that fifth spot somewhere or not. They're not out of it. They were out, they looked out of it last year and they end up finishing third. Um, if they've got some kind of squad to get, if they get in the playoffs and they get the squad back together, get Manus Labashain back in, Mitch Swepson, you know, stranger things have happened. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Um, before we go to Tasneem Summer Khan, very quickly, guys, it is the new year. It's a happy new year for Johnny Bairstow, if not Boris Johnson. Um, now, to mark this this turn to 2020-22, not 2020-22, I'm going mad. Um, what I want from each of you is a prediction for one thing that happens in cricket betting this year. Up first is Richard Mann. Uh, well, I think it was about this time last year, myself and Paul mentioned New Zealand for the T20 World Cup at a big price and they went off a lot shorter and give us a great run for the money. So for this year's T20 World Cup in Australia, I'm going to go with South Africa, who who did really well out in the UAE, uh, lost out to Australia on net run rate, who then went on to win the thing. Um, South Africa worked far away and I think they're an improving white ball outfit. We'll speak more about them later. So I'm going to go for them at a massive price for the T20 World Cup. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti. You sprung this on me, so I have no much something about it. But um, I'm going to be really predictable and say that Delhi Capitals will finally win the Indian Premier League this year. Okay, you heard it here first. Now, Hawkins, what about you? Um, I'm going to contradict Richard Mann and I'm backing England at 7-2 to to win that T20 World Cup. No toss bars to worry about. Flatter wickets suit their batsmen. They may even have Jofra Archer. I've got them down as favourites instead of India, followed by Australia. Okay, excellent stuff. Let's hand over to Tanis Stamakan, who has those players to watch for us. With the new year, we have the prospect of more T20 leagues than you can shake a stick at. And with those leagues come players to watch. These are the three male cricketers who will take leagues by storm in 2022. 
With the PSL due to begin in two weeks, let's start off with Islamabad United all-rounder Mohamed Vasim Jr. The 20-year-old made an impressive start to his international career, showing glimpses of immense talent with the bat and the ball. His incredible Yorkers against the West Indies in the recent T20 series went viral, where he evoked memories of Pakistani greats Vasim and Vagar, with pomp and the ability to bowl fast, accurate, in-swinging Yorkers. He also impressed during PSL 2021, bamboozling Faf Duplessis with pace, swing, before dismissing him. With the ability to bowl in excess of 140, with swing variety and accuracy, 2022 looks to be his breakout year. Next up is South Africa's Marco Janssen. Standing at 206, Marco's made a strong start to his first-class career, eventually starring in South Africa's recent test win at the Wanderers. On his IPL debut for the Mumbai Indians, he took four for 28, including the prize wicket of Glenn Maxwell. While relatively inexperienced in T20s up until now, Janssen has pace, bounce, and an aggressive nature, so I suspect we will seriously see him enhance his reputation in the short format in 2022. And what list would be complete without a Pakistani pure fast bowler? Shanawaz Dahani topped the PSL wicket-takers list with 20 wickets at 12.1 for the Multan Sultans last year. Despite his slight physique, Dahani touches 150k, and former Pakistan Ansari all-rounder Azhar Mahmood, who coached Dahani at the PSL, is a massive fan of his pace and effervescent attitude. With the upcoming PSL providing his coming-of-age platform, Dahani is a game-changer in any league that 2022 might throw our way. South Africa versus India three-match one-day series starts on January the 19th. It could be a cracker if the ongoing test series is anything to go by. The first two games are in Pearl, then Cape Town, none under the lights unusually. Um, expecting South Africa to be going off around the 2.4 mark. Ed Hawkins, you've got some possible teams for us. Yes, I'm taking a bit of a flyer because I'm going to suggest South African Cricket Board throw the baby out of the bathwater. Not literally because Quinton de Kock has quit Test Cricket to look after his baby, but I'm not sure he comes back straight away. So they're going to go Milan, Markram, Van der Dussen, Bavuma, Miller, Klaassen, Fela Kaweo, George Lynn, Shamsi, Rabada and Nagidi. India, there's no Rohit Sharma. So Rahul could be asked to open here. I know he's been playing in the middle order. Uh, for much of his ODI career with Dawan, Ishan, Kohli, Yadav, Pant, Thakur, Bhuv Kumar, Deepak Chahar, Chahal and Bumrah. India specialising in the 2-1 scoreline. They did it in 2018 in South Africa and recent wins by that scoreline versus England and Sri Lanka. In Pal, it's a batting wicket. You've got run rates of 5.44 in your last three games and seven out of the 13 have been won by the team batting first with one tie. Richard Mann, are you encouraged enough by the South Africa upturn in fortunes? Um, do you think they could take down India? I, I do. I certainly think they can be very competitive. Um, if Ed's right about Decock missing, that would obviously be a big loss. And I think they're going to really miss Nokia as well with the ball. But I, I do think their white ball cricket's on a steep upward curve. Um, particularly in T20 cricket, but 50 over cricket as well. And India are missing a few too. So I think it'll be another competitive series. The Test Series has obviously been very interesting. Um, but I, I'd probably just about share with South Africa here. Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, one day cricket is your favourite format to bet on. How do we approach these three games? I would say, you see, one thing I really like doing in South Africa, you know, we're, we're in advance here, so there is no weather forecast, so I can't be precise about this. But 
the weather is very, very changeable over there, to say the least. And I have often, firstly, don't make it, don't make any big commitment until you have seen the uh, pitch and the overhead conditions, because you're talking about the par run line changing by like a hundred if it's cloudy. Um, but I've often had a lot of luck in South Africa with backing the extreme unders and waiting for the rain break because, you know, it does happen or it looks like it's going to happen and the market's go all over the place. And that said, Paul is a batting wicket, so it'll be high. Um, I mean, generally in these one-day matches, what I like doing is trading the runs um, back in the, the usual strategy of um, backing and having extreme unders in the book, but also backing, say, a couple of overs lines like... Um, so the, the line that would be about 2.93 and the one that's about five and then placing an order 20 runs above that at a shorter price to lock in a profit and leave a big middle. So just quickly to run through that again, because I know that's complicated. Keep the extreme unders online, especially because of the weather. But with the overs strategy, start off by backing the overs line that's about two to one and the overs line that's about four to one and then place orders 20 runs above that at shorter odds, like, say, evens on the 2-1 line or 2-1 on the 4-1 line to lock in a big, big middle. So 2-1 to one on the 4-1 to one on the big middle, on the overs and the unders. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Paul Krishnamurti. Clear as day. I'm joking. It was extremely clear. Thank you, Paul. You make very complex things sound very simple, so thank you. Um, players to watch out for then. Richard, I'm banning you from mentioning Rassi. Ed, you're up first. Uh, Yanni Milan is a player, I think. I think he's going to open the batting. He's going to be uh, nicely priced, I think, for top run scorer. Also, keep George Lind in mind with those top run scorer bets, particularly if there's a bit of weather around and the ball starts to nip about. Uh, he's a he's a decent batsman. He's going to be batting top number seven, number eight, and he's going to be underrated by Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, and he's also liable to be promoted, by the way, if they want impetus. Uh, so we've had his name marked down for a while. Lungi Nagidi also is going to be underrated on your top bowler because Rabada is a firm favourite on this one. But Nagidi is much more potent, wins this market much more often and he's in great touch. Paul, who floats your boat or not, as the case may be? Well, my instinct is to say Kao Rahul, who seems to be, to my mind, overpriced all the time for India not least because Kohli's inside. Kohli just takes out too much of the book. But as we've discussed before, new ball being against a new ball in South Africa is not a brilliant time to be batting, really. So I'd be more inclined to look down at um, maybe Yadav and Pant. Um, and agree with Ed, really look at Lind in the middle order, maybe Heinrich Klassen as well at big odds for the same same reason. Okay. What about Coley and ODIs? Does the drought continue, Edward Hawkins? Yeah, another stat of the week for you, I guess. Uh, this is probably his best format. Uh, last three years, he's averaging 50 and striking at 94. Declining test matches, of course. He's not quick enough in T20, despite scoring runs. However, one win on your top bats in the last 12 ODIs for India for Coley. That's going back two years. So he's not going to be any value whatsoever. Okay. Um. Any bowlers for you, Paul Krishnamati? Just the one, uh, Tabray Shamsi, who always seems a little bit underestimated in that market. He's got a fairly, he's certainly got a good return in T20, 
Uh, so perhaps in this as well. And I assume that India will have to will be planning to attack him, given the pressure they're going to have from Rabada and Nagidi. OK, go on then, Richard Man, have your say. Well, one guy I'm really looking forward to seeing him, and, and when we see him in the series, I'm not quite sure, but he's Zabaya Hamza uh, from South Africa. He's in the squad, a batsman I'm really keen on. Um, I think he's he's got a huge future. He made a half century against the Netherlands in, in the recent series uh, when a lot of the big stars were missing. How he fits into this team, I'm not quite sure, but look out for him. And then the other one, I, I know I'm not allowed to mention him, but Rassi van der Dussen, he's averaging 65 in ODIs. That's a phenomenal record. Still probably a little bit underrated, particularly in, in the white ball format, outstanding T20 World Cup. So I think you have to have him on side, but look out for Hamza. He's a, he's a real talent going forward. Richard, I, what, what did I say at the start of this section? I'm banning you after. I have, uh, to, give the, I have to give the listeners what they want. So. <laughs> we need a mute button, Edward Hawkins. Um, thank you. Card marked. Australia versus England is next. Fifth and final Ashes Test starts on Friday from the Bellarive Oval in Hobart. 1.86 Australia, 9.4 England, 2.74 the draw. Ed Hawkins has some possible 11s for us. Uh, Australia, we're going to pick Kawaja instead of Harris uh, because they've got a thing about players not um, losing their place through no fault of their own in Australia and they, they're supposed to be automatically coming back in. So uh, you can't drop Kawaja and Travis Head has to play. So Warner, Kawaja, Labashane, Smith, Head, Green, Carey, Cummins, Stark, Boland, Lyon, possible 11 for England. I mean, I'm a bit of a loss here, so I'd be interested to see what Richard and Paul think. But I think Burns comes back in because Hammy's just you, just, you have to put the guy out of his misery. It's, it's just too tough tough to watch. Crawley, Milan, Root, Stokes, does he play as a batsman only? Bairstow, is he fit enough? Billings is going to have to keep wicket. Uh, can Wood and Anderson play after looking knackered in the SCG? So maybe Overton is in line for a game here. Broad, I've got Robinson coming back and Leach. The pitch at the Bell Reeve, only two draws in 11 tests at Hobart. But there's only two tests there in the last six years 2015 Australia made 583 versus West Indies 2016 they were bowled out for 85 against South Africa they lost by an innings 8 out of 13 won by the team batting first that confusion with what the pitch is going to be doing is seen in first class cricket in 2021 some examples Tasmania chased 318 in the fourth against West Western Australia same season, New South Wales bowled out for 32. Queensland chased 310 in the fourth. A certain Usman Khawaja got an unbeaten ton. And Labuschagne, 50 as well. Okay. England did fight hard at the SCG, but it was a losing draw, undoubtedly. How much has it taken out of them, Richard Mann? Well, I mean, in the, in the case of... James Anderson and Mark Wood, it looked like it had taken a lot out of them, didn't it? I'm, I'm just going back to Ed's team news. I, I'm pretty much in agreement with you there, Ed. Maybe works for Overton, but other than that, that's, that's how I see the lineup. And without Anderson and without Wood, they really miss Wood, Wood's pace in Adelaide, didn't they? You do fear for England a little bit. Um, I suspect Australia will win here. The only, I suppose the only thing is we, we're a little bit unsure about conditions. It's been really wet in Hobart over the last week or so. Look, if you've got a green top and England managed to win a toss and they've lost some big ones in this series so far, but if they could win one and bowl first, you never know. 
Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, 1.86 Australia. Is that a good price for you? Yeah, it is, but I think it's going to get bigger. I think we're going to see, as in the last test, you look at the weather forecast, it looks worse. It it looks bad, but it's probably looking a lot worse than it really will be. Um, As in Sydney, there's just this assumption that because you've got 40% likelihood of rain that the whole day is going to get washed out. It doesn't work like that. Um, I think that there will, you know, Hobart is a result pitch. As the stats prove, things happen very quickly there. You see some very big quick run rates there. And you see some very low totals. Now, if we're talking about overcast conditions, players coming on and off, you'd probably like to see a low scoring game here. So um, I absolutely will be back in Australia here um, or, or laying the draw. Um, I, as I say, I think the odds will, will uh, go even more in that direction. You might even get even money before the match starts. Okay, Edward Hawkins. This is under lights. We nailed the day-night Adelaide test. How did we do it? Was it simply England are going to get thumped? Tell us the story. Well, a bit more nuanced than that. We sort of asked the question, didn't we? When will it swing and when will it stop? So from the outset, the pink ball does more than the red ball. So openers need to watch out. Then after about 11, 12, 13 overs, there's this dramatic drop-off in movement all the way through basically until sort of the 50th over when it picks up again and when night falls bowlers are absolutely slap bang back in the game so night session is when batting has been at its most tricky in terms of averages this could be due to the difficulty batsmen have adjusting to the lights with that increased movement so going long of runs is not advised early on so wait until that drop off 11th 12th 13th over and then hopefully You'll be getting a cheap buy of runs, uh, but we expect both sides to be capable of recovery from early wickets, even England, if the axis is Root and Milan because they're the best players. Um, and again, the time to expect wickets is the night session. Clever, clever. Paul Krishnamurti, um, that suit and innings runs wager for you? Well, it's factored in, isn't it? I mean, in the last test, I lost on England runs, actually, because they didn't do that badly. You know, the 225s and 200s didn't pay off this time. Um, it depends where the market's set. I think that if they make 250, 275 par, then yes, I would be happy to go like under 225 at 1.6, under 200, 1.35. But we'll see that it's there. Likewise, they might well put Australia in too high. I mean, we've seen a lot of very low scores at Hobart. I certainly would be going unders rather than over, especially with the night session to come. Okay. Um, Richard Mann, coming back to you on Ed Hawkins's pitch report. It's a nightmare for punters, isn't it? Not knowing much at all about this wicket. It, it, it is, and the, and the weather that they've had in Herbat recently probably muddies the waters a little bit more. You know, for someone like me, I've, I've been backing, backing guys like Labashir to make hundreds in the first innings, and I'll probably hold off this week because I'm just unsure about the conditions and then probably until the morning of the well, the day of the match, as it's going to be. I'll, I'll probably have to hold my bets on that. Um, I'm with Paul, though. I probably am expecting a tricky pitch to bat on, to be honest. I think I don't think we'll be getting massive ones, and I think wickets will be there for the bowlers, um, particularly good quality seamers. So I think me and Paul are probably singing from the hit, same hymn sheet on that score. 
Okay, um, let's have a look at some of the top bat prices. Ed Hawkins, what do you have for us? Well, let's reference Kawaja and Labuschagne because we mentioned them for ground form very recently with those scores in the Sheffield Shield. They do actually both average under 30 there in first-class cricket, but Kawaja's 10-3, Labuschagne's 9-2, Warner 1 tonne, three fifties in five first-class, 100-30, Smith 250s 1 tonne in six first-class, 3-1. Maybe Pat Cummins might be a, a, a dash here at big numbers if this pitch is going to be tricky. England, Root boosted to 9-4 to with Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, Milan is out to 5-1, to almost back to that first test price of 6-1. to This is uh, home ground, in inverted commas, for him. Uh, he's a Hobart Hurricane, or, well, he was a Hobart Hurricane. Stokes, 9-2, looks quite good because he looks in nick, but we're worried about his injured. Crawley is 5-1. to Very interesting innings. Well, match from him at the SCG. I suggest that he's got the temperament for this uh, top level. I know there's technique worries about him, but when's there been a batsman where there hasn't been a concern about... Uh, where his feet are going or where his bat is going. Bairstow's fives. Overton, 33-1. to 1. If it's bending around, he's topped twice in Australia for England. Might be worth a few quid. Well, it's all about the bounce with Crawley, isn't it? Um, that's what they're saying. Um, Richard Mann, who are you picking here? Well, I, I've got it between um, Overton and Works for that number eight spot, and I'd be happy to throw a few quid at either of those. I think Ed's on the right track there. Uh, the other thing to, to look out for, I do think the right-handers have got a, a big advantage against Nathan Lyon, and I think we saw that with Bairstow, even in the second innings at Sydney when it was doing a bit for Lyon. The two wickets he got were left-handers, but Bairstow in the second innings, and particularly in the first innings, a right-hander with a good sweep marmalised him. So I think if you're going to pick someone out of the top seven, and you're going to have a good bet. I think Bairstow's probably the one. I think he's got Lyons' number. If you decide you're going to go the other way and expect a big early collapse, over and 33s, Works would be more like 25s, wouldn't he? Um, they'd be the two for me, Bairstow and Works. Okay, and you, Paul Krishnamurti? I wouldn't argue with any of them, but I, I'm going to stick with Milan, 5-1. to one. I think that's a big price, given that he's really a second, clear second to root in, the, in Australian conditions. Um I mean, Overton could be interesting on the bowler front. I, I think I'm surprised he hasn't had a game so far, to be honest with you. Um, the only problem with backing someone at eight is how long can the tail stay with them? You know, we've got a very weak tail. Um, but, but yeah, I think Milan for them, for, for Australia, um, I'm more interested in man and a match here because I think that just looking through those past games at Hobart, I think we will see one, maybe two quick ton, quick or really quick impressive innings. And that person's going to be, that'll be the, the match winning innings and that'll be man of the match. Um, so for me, the three players would be Labuschagne six to one, Warner eight to one. But I'm going to go with Kawaja 11 to one as the best. I, I think he's a fabulous player. I would have had him in the team from the start. Can't believe there'd be any question that he would keep his place. If I can just... Please jump back in quickly. Big thing about Marnus Labuschagne, fantastic player, and I still think he's the best equipped Australian batsman to deal with England. But there's no doubt Mark Wood's got him a little bit rattled. His last three innings, Wood has dismissed him every time. So have a look at that team news. And if, if Wood is to play, then I'd probably be holding fire on Labuschagne this week. If Wood gets rested or he's, I think he's run his race for the series and he isn't there, then then yeah, I'd stick with Labuschagne again. But I think, I think Wood's probably got his number at the moment. Okay. Anything on the bowlers, 
Ed Hawkins. Mitchell Stark has 20 wickets in four first-class matches at the Bell Reeve. He is the king of the pink ball. 11-4, top Australia bowler is standout. I think it's the bet of your week. For England, remember, Broad and Anderson, poor records under lights. Returning Robertson, probably the best bet of threes. Paul Krishnamurti, who do you like out of those? Um, happy to just endorse what he just said. Those two, Stark and Robinson, good value. Okay, I'm Richard Mann. Yeah, Stark was a winner, wasn't he, at Adelaide in the first innings? I, I'd probably go with Pat Cummins, though. I think he's bowled brilliantly throughout this series. Without a lot of luck, I had some chances put down off his bowling. Um, and I think if, if things go his way this week, he, he's ready to win. Uh, and I agree with Ed. I think Robin, Robinson will come back in and he's definitely the bet for England. He just takes wickets. I mean, he's, he's England's leading wicket taker in the series already. He didn't even play in the last match. Same against India last summer. He's a wicket taker and I'll be backing him to do more of the same. OK, finish it off, guys. Any other wages for us? Yeah, two, two bets I like. Um, first of all, I know I, th- I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I do, but I do think there'll be at least one tonne looking through the last six matches there, even though we've had a lot of low scores. There's been at least one tonne in each, um, more than two or more in four out of six. So five to six, about the highest score being over 121.5. Looks pretty big. I think someone will do that. And I think especially given the weather forecast and the way the market's going, I reckon there could be some good value on a four-day finish here. Uh, I reckon you might well get three, four to one before the match starts on that. And as I say, if it is a low-scoring match, if, the, if as in past games at Hobart, things happen very quickly, that could well shorten up very quickly. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly finish off here. I'm with Paul. I think this is going to be hard work for for batsmen I think Pat Cummins is in for a good week I think he'll bowl well anyway um, so I'm keen to have him on side of the man of the match market too and I wonder if there's an emotional factor here as well I'm pretty big on Australia this week I think they'll win and if they win, for, win the series 4-0 and Cummins has a good game I could see the, bro- the host broadcaster giving him the man of the match award so fingers crossed okay uh, that's good thinking that good thinking Inside the mind with Richard Mann. Um, Ed Hawkins, anything from you before we move to our best bets? What was that? With Pat Cummins for Man of the Match? Mm. What? I mean, he's going to set England this week. What? 600? <laughs> Do me a favour. We've got to let it go, Ed. I'm not letting it go. Watch what Cummins does uh, over the next 12 months, see if he learns from that. It's really interesting because it's, it's, going, to cost, uh, it's going to cost people a lot of money down the line if that's the way he's going to be captaining this team. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. I, I will let it go. Right. Okay. Best bets time. Right. It's best bets time. Pencils at the ready. Fingers poised on the Betfair login. It's best bets. Ed Hawkins, scores and doors, please. Very easy scores on boards for 2022. Minus five the pair, Richard and Paul. And I think it's Richard to go first. Don't worry about those minuses. They're going to be turning to pluses and lots of them. Uh, in a matter of weeks, off you go. Uh, two points, Ollie Robinson, a top England first innings bowler. I'm going all in, five points, Australia to win the test match at whatever they, odds they are before the toss. Crikey. Right, well, I'll have a unit on Pat Cummins, top first innings Australia bowler, and another unit on Pat Cummins, man of the match. And then I'll finish off uh, with a unit on Rassie van der Dussen, top South Africa batsman in the first ODI. 
There we go. Cricket Only Better episode 120 is done. Those are your best bets. Don't forget to check out betting.betfair. Every game in the Big Bash is previewed there. We've got special offers and free bets knocking about. And we'll have in-play Ashes wagers every day that England managed to make it last. We'll see you next time. Hold up. 